You're listening to Engage Arizona, public policy for daily life. Well, I'm really looking forward to this series of videos and podcasts that we're doing at Center for Arizona Policy. We're going to be talking to a number of moms about the school choice options that they've made for their children. We believe that school choice is beautiful in Arizona, that it's beautiful to have all the school choice options that we have. And so today, Allison Gentala is going to talk to us about homeschooling. So Allison, thanks for being with me Yeah, thanks for having me. So Allison, let's first define homeschool. How would you define homeschool? Okay, so homeschool is best defined as parent-led, privately funded home education. What is not homeschooling? Well, it, it... Because Arizona is such a wonderful state for school choice, there are multiple school choice options that can happen in your home, but not all of them are legally defined as homeschool. So the options that could happen in your home would be homeschool, it could be a virtual public school in the home, or it could be an ESA contract student. All three of those happen in the home, but they are distinctly different educational choices. So let's talk about ESA for a minute. ESA is Empowerment Scholarship Account. Yes. And that's where a parent can get can apply. They have to sign a parent agreement with the Department of Education. Yes. They agree to certain things as part of getting a debit card that then enables them to pay for the education of their children. Yes. So if a homeschool family goes and decides that they want to get the ESA and yes. have that debit card and that funding, they're really not homeschool families anymore. They're, they're not really technically homeschooled anymore, correct? Right. If, as far as the legal definition, that is correct. Yeah. And the, the ESA program is really only open to public school students. Okay. To get an ESA, you must enroll your child in a public school for 100 days first, and then you are eligible to apply for the ESA. And that covers district or charter schools, because sometimes I think people overlook that charter schools are public schools as well. Yes, yes, that's true. And so then, true. if you're a homeschool, if you want to homeschool and you go get an ESA, then you're called a contract student, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so that's a different definition. You may be in the home, and you may be using your ESA debit card to buy curriculum and all that, yes. but you're technically no longer a homeschool family in the eyes of, of Arizona law. Yes, that is correct. It, it becomes a publicly funded educational option, and um, those students are distinctly different from homeschool students, there are different things available or not available depending on, you know, your status. Well, I have to say one thing. I love how you say you're a mom of many. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, and, and, many. Yes, and the writings that you've done on your blog and stuff are just really special. Yeah. So Thank you. share with us about your family just a little bit. Oh, I am married to Peter Gentala. We've been married for 20 years now, Exciting. and we have eight children between the ages of 16 and almost three. Almost three. So we're in the potty training. My last one, he's almost there. Oh, Hallelujah. How the last one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so what? how did you, you know, choose homeschooling? I mean, why did you choose homeschooling? Just mm-hmm. give us a little bit of that background. Okay. So Peter and I both homeschooled for a majority oh, of right. our early education. And we saw the beauty and how that worked for us. And so we decided to repeat that in the next generation and go ahead and homeschool our children. So what grades were you homeschooled yourself? I was homeschooled. I was in I was in Christian school. My parents pulled me out in fifth grade, and we began homeschooling, which was interesting. Back in the 80s, no one was doing this, and we had no idea what it should look like. We homeschooled. I homeschooled through my junior year in high school, and then I went back to a Christian school for my senior year. And as, as a graduate of homeschooling, to put it that way, uh, yeah. um, now to look back on it 20-plus years later, what, what stands out to you is, is what you like the most about it? What I like the most, I would say is the time together with with a family. You look back, I can't replace that for anything. Um, and so I, I would say the time together with, with my mom, with my brothers, yeah. Now you are a teacher, right? In I education. am, yes. 
But you don't have to be a teacher to homeschool your no, children, Absolutely right? not. As, as a matter of fact, every the majority of the things that I learned to be a teacher and the majority of the things that I put into practice in my classroom are not at all what I do with my children at home. It's very different. So how do you do it? I mean, you've got children, what you said, almost three years to 16 years. Yes. How do you do it with that kind of age span of children? And it just what goes into deciding the, the curriculum and those types of things? Uh, well, I, I looked at um, different philosophies of education, pretty much. What do I believe about how children learn best? And there's quite a few philosophies out there. There's Charlotte Mason, there's classical education, all the way to unschooling, which is another option some people choose. And I found a curriculum that matched up with my philosophy of education and that fit my budget and would work well for a large family where I could teach subjects like history and science together as a group. So you said philosophy of education. Define your philosophy of education. I believe that children learn best through hands-on life experience and through um, the passion learning. You find something that a kid is passionate about, like my daughter Abby became really passionate about Lin-Manuel Miranda's Alexander Hamilton. And I'm telling you, she put herself through such a course of study on the revolution that I never could have been able to get her to learn all these facts and memorize in ways she can tell you who were the Federalists, who were the Anti-Federalists, who was on whose side, and, and in such a way that even my two-year-old now can tell you about Alexander Hamilton and recognize him on a $10 bill. So that kind of learning is is just passion-driven, and it's, it's long-term learning in a way that memorizing facts, putting them on a test, and then letting it go is not going to stay with you in the same way. So if I can find their passion and have them... Um, soar in those areas. Of course, every bit of learning is not going to be that way. There are things you have to learn regardless, but as much as we can do in that area, I believe is long-term learning. So does Abby go around the house singing the songs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you took her to see Hamilton, or did you? I did, I did. So yeah. we, we actually, we saw it here at Gamage, and, we, um, and so that was, that was a really fun experience for her. So what's the most challenging thing about homeschooling your children? Oh, I would say the most challenging thing is uh, the amount of time (laughs) that you are all together in the same house, um, rubbing against each other, the friction. It It can get messy, but you also can take that messy situation and find the beauty in teaching them character. How do we respond to people when they rub against us the wrong way? How do we interact? How do we find our kind voice and just talk through an issue and resolve conflict in that way? So really teaching life skills in those moments. So do you have a room in your house that's a classroom, or how do you do that? So I did in the early years. Coming from classroom teaching, when we started homeschooling, I was so excited. I bought little desks from Ikea and a chalkboard and had the whole thing set up. And over the years, we have, we have lessened all of that, and we've become much more focused on the experience of learning. I have um, a set of cabinets in my house and every kid has their own little cabinet and drawer where they keep their particular school books and we do school at the at the dining room table and at the kitchen um, like the breakfast bar area and that that seems to work for us right now. So what's a typical homeschool day in the Gentella household like? Well, I uh, my younger kids get up earlier than my teenagers, and I allow that. And so my my little ones, we get up and we start 
focusing on getting their chores done, getting beds made, getting those things done, having breakfast. And then I start into school with the little ones who really need my one-on-one attention. And I'm going to be teaching them one-on-one. So somebody may go and do something independent like piano practice while I'm doing um, a phonics and grammar program with another child. I wake my teenagers up then and say, okay, guys, time to get rolling. And they start working on their chores and things. Hopefully, I only have to wake them up once. That's not usually the case. (laughs) But... um, and so we just rotate through different things. I actually created a schedule because um, my time is is valuable because I I have eight. There's eight of them and only one of me, so I'm quite outnumbered. And there are particular subjects that I have to teach them one on one. So we work through our our little schedule, and um, hopefully we get everything done every day. Now, sometimes I've heard from homeschool families you know, that dad has a role, or he's like the principal of the homeschool. Yes. <laughs> so how, does, how does Peter participate in in the homeschooling? Yeah, in the, in the early years, um, he, the way that he supported me in homeschooling was by coming home and helping me with dishes and things that <laughs> sure. I couldn't get to during the day, uh, or maybe picking up pizza on the way home because I didn't have time to get to dinner that day. Um, what he does now is we had him, he is more the, the linguist in our home and the writer and the speaker, and I am a little more math science. So we've had him teach an intensive writing course to our older three children. This last year, he met with them one evening a week. They would pull away into the living room and did a course, and he was able to teach the writing class, which relieved that from me. That's not my gifting area, so it worked out really well. So what's, um, what's one of the challenges, or, or a downside that you might say? Um, a downside. I think that there are... Um, it is difficult to teach children to have deadlines, um, to go do your research paper and turn it in by a deadline because it's just mom, right, that they're return- turning it into. And some of the difficulties may be with certain personalities, getting them to put forth their best effort in work because it's just mom looking at it. So, you know, that has been my personal struggle with my teenagers is getting them to put out their very best so I hear about homeschool co-ops and families yes. that have co-ops. Have you share what a co-op is and have you done co-op type okay. of thing? So Peter and I were on the board of East Valley uh, Christian Home Educators years ago, and that was a support group. They had spelling bees and history fairs and all kinds of programs. There's a PE program that our kids are currently involved in twice a week, and they have to run a mile uh, every time they go, and they, they rotate different sports, so the kids are getting all kinds of activity and friends there. We've done science labs for my kids who have gone through biology and chemistry. It's a lot easier to do those things together in a group, so we'll meet up every other week, and they go through the actual labs. We've done robotics clubs and literature clubs and just any number of things you could think of. If a, if a mom has a passion to start it and make it happen, then it can happen. And so the moms just take maybe take the leadership on, on one course or one lab versus another mom doing another lab or things like that. Is that how it works? Yeah, sometimes it can work that way. Um, what we did at our science lab was if your child was in the class, you needed to teach a lab, and we rotated between the different moms. And um, I ended up with the dissection because no mom <laughs> wanted to do dissection. Well, you like science. So I, I like science, go. so I took that one. Um, but it, it could really work just about any way you could imagine. There have been co-ops where a mom says, you know what, I'm really gifted in chemistry. I would like to teach the entire, all the labs. Wow. We had that happen last year. And I said, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and so my older son went through chemistry with the same teacher teaching every single lab. Oh, that's that's really yeah. that, that works out great. Um, what um, what if your what would your kids say about homeschooling? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I know that's, that's, that's 
interesting. Said it'd be a variety of opinions, yeah, but yeah. what would they say? Um, I think you'd probably get a different answer from every kid. I think that some of them would say they really enjoy the freedom that they have in homeschooling. They have been able to do things like they, they can really get the academics done much quicker than they would in the school setting because you have. Um, bells and you're going from class to class and roll call and, and all of those things. So they're able to get things done quickly and then they want to fill their life with social time. <laughs> They've also had the opportunity to go work at a local farm for a month and so we, we minimize school during that time. We give them those life skills and that opportunity to go out and work and so I, I think they wouldn't say that they really enjoy the freedoms that they have and the ability to, to really focus on their gifting areas. And we have a, a jazz pianist in our home that's just incredible. As a matter of fact, for his, uh, his 15th birthday, he is going next week to go see Billy Joel Madison Square oh, Garden. Wow. This is his oh, love oh, and yeah. his passion, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> So we hear, you mentioned the word social time. You know, one of the criticism, of course, that we've heard for years is yes. homeschool kids are isolated. They don't interact well with others. That they're socially maladjusted. <laughs> um, that's not been my experience, um, yes. especially the homeschool students that we've had come as interns or, or as team members at CAP have been very well socially adjusted and, and really strong team members. But but how do you respond to that? Yes, I, that is a really good question. And my response has typically been that homeschool provides real life socialization. We don't just have third graders interacting only with other third graders. The children learn to interact with teenagers, which is difficult, and toddlers, which is difficult, and adults, and they, they learn to interact and socialize with all levels. Because when they go to get a job, they're not going to walk in on their first day and they will say, okay, here's where all the 25-year-olds sit. So come down here and sit with the 25-year-olds. That's not how it works in the real world. So I always say that homeschool provides real-life socialization. So what about Arizona law? Um, anything, um, anything that you know, a parent, someone who's listening to this and thinks, oh, what do I need to know about Arizona law? And mm -hmm. is there a problem? Because some states differ, but Arizona is yes. a good state. Arizona is a wonderful state to homeschool, and. Um, all you really need to do in the state of Arizona is file your affidavit of intent to homeschool with your um, your superintendent of your county, and then you need to make sure that you provide instruction in the five basic areas of reading, grammar, math, science, and social studies. And that's the only the only regulation we have currently for homeschool families. So it's it's excellent. There are states where parents have to turn in portfolios, uh, parents have to have their children tested. Arizona's wonderful for homeschool. So what happens when they're trying to get into college? Is it hard mm -hmm. to get accepted to college, or what happens then? Once upon a time, it was difficult to get into college. My older brother went to Lamar University um, on probation, and every semester they would check his grades and make sure that he was up to par. Now, um, they, really, you just need to check with the individual university. Some require have different requirements than others, but knowing that ahead of time as you work through the high school years is important, so you make sure you have the right number of science labs, the right number of maths, and most universities nowadays have actually have a homeschool liaison who will work with you to ensure your kids are ready, and um, I, we, we generally don't have problems with kids. Universities over the years have seen that, for the most part, homeschool students produce excellent work, so they're looking for that. So in Arizona, we know that if students at public high schools, for example, can get scholarships to the three universities in Arizona, yes. homeschool students now are also eligible for those scholarships. Yes. You just have to really know what you're doing and how to apply for it and that's make right. sure you have the documentation, right? Yes, yes. Because that's one of the things at Center for Arizona Policy, we've been 
privileged and blessed to work with our homeschool friends to you know make sure which I always want to say homeschool is one word because we actually had to pass <laughs> yes. a law to, to clarify in all of the Arizona statutes yes. that homeschool is one word yes. um, so and that makes me think of another law um, your child wants to be on the golf team or play on the football team at the, high, the public high school down the street from your house yes. how does that happen uh, homeschool students are eligible to try out for any sport at their district public school doesn't mean you get you get on it, the team, nope. but you can at least try out and yes. get treated fairly. Yes, and you'll you'll pay the same athletic fee that that the public school kids would pay, but you have the ability to go try out. And the same can go if your child needs speech therapy. Yes, right, or any kind of like specialized instruction like that. Is that accurate? Yes, that is that is accurate for homeschool. Now there there is some confusion. There are multiple school choices that happen in the home, but homeschool students, as all in one word, right. homeschool students are eligible to be tested and receive some remediation through your district school. What's the cost? I mean, how how do you? Um, how expensive? I mean, you think of textbooks or online things. Yes. How, how do you fund it? It can be very expensive. We homeschool in the state of Arizona is partly defined as privately funded education. So that that does come from the parents. I, I have known grandparents who were very supportive of homeschooling who decided to help their kids homeschool their grandkids and put into that. But it is it is privately funded and there are so many curriculum options out there and you, generally you can find used curriculum sales multiple times in the summer where you can go and buy things used. There are online groups selling used curriculum. So it can be cost effective. You can you can take a very expensive route as well. It it just depends on what you're willing to put out, what your budget is. So the commitment to homeschool, obviously it's financial, it's your time. Yes. What do you do to take a break? I mean, when you're, you're with eight children, you're <laughs> teaching them at all different ages, how do you take a break um, and kind of balance your life with everything? Well, now that we have teenagers in the home, we have three teenagers who can babysit. We, uh, Peter and I take a weekly date night every week, pull away. That's a time for us just to communicate and um, catch up and talk about where the kids are and, and make sure we're on the same page, parenting and so forth. And um, that's that's the majority of, of how I pull away. It is difficult with, with all the kids. If I um, I will generally, every now and again, I will meet up with a friend for lunch or something like that. Now, once again, now that I have teenagers in the home, that's an option. It was not an option in the early years. So. But you've, you've had other families that you've been close with that, you're, that you do things together that your children interact with. Yes, yes. And so that, that helps, I would assume. Yes, yes. So we had 16 children in our home on 4th of July, <laughs> dripping watermelon and jumping in the pool. And um, those relationships are really important for the children. It's important for the adults. So back in the day when we didn't have teenagers in the home, we would often switch childcare. You watch my kids Monday night, I'll watch your kids Tuesday night. And that worked really well. Do you do it year-round, or is it just, I mean, do you get off mm -hmm. summers and Christmas, or does it just depend how, how the year goes? Every parent can set it up however they want. Um, what we do in our home is we school year-round, and that way we can take off. If we want to take off more time at Christmas, or if we want to take off time to go visit family, we are able to do that, and it, we're still able to have them where they need to be academically. So um, just an amazing choice. Um, and how many, uh, how many homeschool families, I mean, how many homeschool students are there in Arizona? 
do you think? I have no idea. No, but, <laughs> no. but, but it's a, I mean, there, there are a lot of families are homeschooling. Do you yes. see homeschooling on the rise or on the decline? Oh, it's on the rise, especially with, with the Common Core and with the teacher strike recently. We have just been inundated with people asking, how do I homeschool? How do I do this? Um, many parents uh, in, today are choosing homeschooling for very different reasons than they did back in the 80s. But many parents have their children are suffering from bullying, and they want to just bring them home and educate them in a safe environment. So I recently heard that um, the public schools are not teaching cursive writing anymore. Now, I don't know if that's uh, all over the place, yeah. but if you taught your children cursive writing? We do, we do teach cursive writing. We start that once I see that they have mastered um, print manuscript, then we, we go on to the cursive writing, and it, it can be a challenge. I actually have a high school student who I said, this is not up to par. I'm ordering you another workbook, and we are going <laughs> to go through and bring you up to where you need to be. Okay, they're not teaching cursive writing, but how do you sign your... Um, your name. Exactly. You know, kind of thing. And, yes. so that, and to open a bank know. account, you will need to sign your right. name. And that's exactly what <laughs> our family was yes. said, okay, how's she, gonna, how's she open the bank account without being <laughs> yeah. able to sign her name yes. in cursive? So um, anyway, well, this has been wonderful to, um, to just share about homeschooling and to hear more about your experiences. So thank you so much. Thank you.